Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Śrīla Prabhupāda's books, right here in the Haven. That's located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw to the English Channel. We hope that you all had a blissful Kartik. This is our first day after Kartik. Uh, we have the Sankirtan devotees from Wales who are our favorite reflectors. Yes, that's true. Uh, Gopal Roy and company. So nice to see you all. Hare Krishna. Uh, I've been talking for five and a half, maybe more, hours straight in a chair. So I'm only about three quarters here. But whatever I am, how much ever I've got, it's yours. Hare Krishna. All right. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami explains and glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam in a very, very succinct, beautiful way. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Ditya, Sri Krishna. Parivartita, O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshak Shadayate, Sarvada Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Nanostame. I bow down to you who is supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadakamagya Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chochata kada hanamun chagadachin mam premnarit kandayokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please, Never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, we've reached the 24th chapter of the 4th canto 
of Srimad Bhagavatam. And we're going to be hearing the song sung by Lord Shiva to the Prachetas. Prachetas, we're hearing in general about the dynasty of Prithu Maharaj. And this is his grandson or great-grandson. I can't remember which. Yeah. Uh, Maharaj Prachibarhi, Prachibarhi. And his sons are called the Prachetas. And they are very serious about spiritual life. And they were wandering and they found a very beautiful lake, huge lake, close to the ocean, like a bay or a lake. And um, they're going to to prosecute the instructions of their father for spiritual realization and do some severe austerities inside the lake. Yeah. We're starting with text 21. In that great lake, there were different types of lotus flowers. Some of them were bluish and some of them were red. Some of them grew at night and some in the day. And some, like the Indivara lotus flower, in the evening. Combined together, the lotus flowers filled the lake so full that the lake appeared to be a great mine of such flowers. Consequently, on the shores there were swans and cranes, chakravaka, karandava, and other beautiful water birds standing about. Purport. The word akaram, mine, is significant in this verse. For the reservoir of water appeared like a mine from which different types of lotus flowers were produced. Some of the lotus flowers grew during the day, some at night, and some in the evening. And according, accordingly, they had different names and different colors. All these flowers were present on that lake, and because the lake was so calm and quiet and filled with lotus flowers, superior birds like swans, chakravakas, and karandavas stood on the shores and vibrated their very different songs, making the entire scene attractive and beautiful. As there are different types of human beings, according to the association of the three qualities of material nature, there are similarly different types of birds, trees, bees, etc. Everything is divided according to the three qualities of material nature. Birds like swans and cranes who enjoy clear waters and lotus flowers are different from crows or here we have seagulls, Hare Krishna, who enjoy filthy places. Similarly, there are persons who are controlled by the mode of ignorance and passion and those who are controlled by the mode of goodness. The creation is so varied that there are always varieties found in every society. Thus, in the bank of this lake, all the superior birds lived to enjoy that atmosphere created by that great reservoir filled with lotus flowers. Text 22. There were various trees and creepers on all sides of the lake and, the, and there were mad bumblebees humming all about them. 
The trees appeared to be very jolly due to the sweet humming of the bumblebees and the saffron which was contained in the lotus flowers was thrown, being thrown into the air. These all, these all created such an atmosphere that it, that it appeared as though a festival were taking place there. Purport. Trees and creepers are also different types of living beings. When bumblebees <clears throat> come upon trees and creepers to collect honey, certainly such plants become very happy. On such, on, on, on such an occasion, the wind also takes advantage of the situation by throwing pollen or saffron contained in the lotus flowers. All this combines with the sweet vibration created by the swans and the calm of the water. The prachetas, take that, take that pillow in back of you. Yeah, sorry. And give it to Gurani Bobo. Okay. Mm. All this combines with the sweet vibration created by the swans and the calm of the water. The prachetas considered such a place to be like a continuous festival. From this description, it appears that the prachetas reached Shivaloka, which is supposed to be situated near the Himalaya mountains. Text 23. The sons of the king became very much amazed when they heard vibrations from various drums and kettle drums along with other orderly musical sounds pleasing to the ear. Purport. In addition to the various flowers and living entities about the lake, there were also many musical vibrations. The void of the impersonalists, which has no variegatedness, is not at all pleasing compared with such a scene. Actually, one has to attain the perfection of Satchit Ananda, eternity, bliss, and knowledge. Because the impersonalists deny these varieties of creation, they cannot actually enjoy transcendental bliss. The place where the prachetas arrived was the abode of Lord Shiva. Impersonalists are generally worshippers of Lord Shiva, but Lord Shiva is never without variety in his abode. Thus, wherever one goes, whether to the planet of Lord Shiva, Lord Vishnu, or Lord Brahma, there is variety to be enjoyed by persons full in knowledge and bliss. Text 24-25 The Prachetas were fortunate to see Lord Shiva, the chief of the demigods, emerging from the water with his associates. His bodily luster was just like molten gold. His throat was bluish, and he had three eyes, which looked very mercifully upon his devotees. He was accompanied by many musicians who were glorifying him. As soon as the Prachetas saw Lord Shiva, they immediately offered their obeisances in great amazement and fell down at the lotus feet of the Lord. Purport. 
The word Vibhudanugai indicates that Lord Shiva is always accompanied by the denizens of the higher planets, known as Gandharvas and Kinaras. They are very expert in musical science, and Lord Shiva is worshipped by them constantly. In pictures, Lord Shiva is generally painted white, but here we find that the color of his skin is not exactly white, but like molten gold or a glowing yellowish color, yellowish color. Because Lord Shiva is always very, very merciful, his name is Ashutosh. Amongst all the demigods, Lord Shiva can be pacified even by the lowest classes of men, the lowest class of men, who need only offer him obeisances and leaves of a bale tree. Thus his name is Ashutosh, which means that he is pleased very quickly. Generally, those who are very fond of material prosperity approach Lord Shiva for such benediction. The Lord, being very merciful, quickly awards all the blessings the devotee asks of him. The demons take advantage of this leniency and sometimes take benedictions from Lord Shiva which can be very dangerous to others. For instance, Vrikasura took a benediction from Lord Shiva by which he could kill everyone he touched on the head. Nice guy. Although Lord Shiva sometimes very liberally gives such benedictions to his devotees, the difficulty is that the demons, being very cunning, sometimes want to experiment improperly with such benedictions. For, for instance, after receiving his benediction, Rikasura tried to touch the head of Lord Shiva. Devotees of Lord Shiva, however, have no, such, no desire for such benedictions, and Lord Vishnu does not give his devotees. Devotees of Lord Vishnu, however, have no desire for such benedictions, and Lord Vishnu does not give his devotees benedictions which would cause disturbance to the whole world. Text 26 <clears throat> Lord Shiva became very pleased with the Pachetas because generally Lord Shiva is the protector of pious persons and persons of gentle behavior. Being very much pleased with the princes, he began to speak as follows. Purport the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, or Krishna, is known as Bhaktavatsala. And herein we find Lord Shiva described as Dharma Vatsala. Of course, the word Dharma Vatsala refers to a person who lives according to religious principles. That is understood. Nonetheless, these two words have additional significance. Sometimes Lord Shiva has to deal with persons who are in the modes of passion and ignorance. Such persons are not always very much religious and pious in their activities. But since they worship Lord Shiva for some material profit, they sometimes obey the religious principles. As soon as Lord Shiva sees that his devotees are following religious principles, he blesses them. The Prachetas, sons of Prachini Barhi were naturally very pious 
and gentle. And consequently, Lord Shiva was immediately pleased with them. Lord Shiva could understand that the princes were sons of Vaishnavas, and as such, Lord Shiva offered prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead as follows. Text 27 Lord Shiva said, You are all the sons of King Prachinavari, and I wish all good fortune to you. I also know what you are going to do, and therefore I am visible to you just to show my mercy upon you. Purport By these words, Lord Shiva indicates that what the princes were going to do was known to him. It is a fact that they were going to worship Lord Vishnu by severe austerities and penances. Knowing this fact, Lord Shiva immediately became very pleased as apparent by the next verse. This indicates that a person who is not yet a devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but who desires to serve the Supreme Lord, receives the benedictions of the demigods, headed by the chief demigod, Lord Shiva. Thus, a devotee of the Lord does not need to try to please the demigods separately. Simply by worshipping the Supreme Lord, a devotee can please all of them. Nor does he have to ask the demigods for material benedictions. For the demigods, being pleased with the devotee, automatically offer him everything that he needs. The demigods are servants of the Lord, and they are always prepared to help a devotee in all circumstances. Therefore, Srila Bilvamangal Thakur said that if one has unalloyed devotion for the Supreme Lord, the goddess of liberation is ready to serve him, to say nothing of the gods of material opulences. Indeed, all the demigods are simply waiting for an opportunity to serve the devotee. Thus, there is no need for a devotee of Krishna to endeavor for material opulence or liberation. By being situated in the transcendental position of devotional service, he receives all the benefits of Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. Text 28 Lord Shiva continued, Any person who is surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, the controller of everything, material nature as well as the living entity, is actually very dear to me. Purport Now Lord Shiva explains the reason he has personally come before the princes. It is because all the princes are devotees of Lord Krishna. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, 7.19 Bahunam Janmanamante Jnanamam Mam Prapadyate Vasudevat Sarvamiti Samahatma Labaha. After many births and deaths, he who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. Lord Shiva is rarely seen by common men. And similarly, 
a person who is fully surrendered unto Vasudev, Krishna, is also very rarely seen because a person who is fully surrendered unto the Supreme Lord is very rare. Samahatma Labaha. Consequently, Lord Shiva came especially to see the Prachetas because they were fully surrendered unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva. Vasudeva is also mentioned in the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam in the mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Since Vasudeva is the ultimate truth, Lord Shiva openly proclaims that one who is a devotee of Lord Vasudeva, who is surrendered to Lord Krishna, is actually very dear to him. Lord Vasudeva, Krishna, is worshipable not only by ordinary living entities, but by demigods like Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma, and others. Yam Brahma, Varunendra, Rudra, Maruta, Stunvati Divyai, Stavahi. Srimad Bhagavatam 12.13.1 Krishna is worshipped by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Varuna, Indra, Chandra, and all other demigods. That is also the situation with a devotee. Indeed, one who takes to Krishna consciousness immediately becomes very dear to anyone who is simply finding out and beginning to understand what Krishna consciousness actually is. Similarly, all the demigods are also trying to find out who is actually surrendered to Lord Vasudeva. Because the Pracheta princes were surrendered to Vasudeva, Lord Shiva willingly came forth to see them. Lord Vasudeva, or Krishna, is described in Bhagavad Gita as Purushottama. Actually, he is the enjoyer, Purusha, and the supreme, Uttama, as well. He is the enjoyer of everything, the Prakriti and the Purusha. Being influenced by the three modes of material nature, the living entity tries to dominate material nature. But actually, he is not the Purusha, enjoyer, but Prakriti, as described in Bhagavad Gita 5.7.5. Apariyam hitastvanyam prakritiṃ vidime param. Thus the jiva, or living entity, is actually prakriti, or the marginal energy of the Supreme Lord. Being associated with material, nature, material energy, he tries to lord it over the material nature. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 15.7. Mamayvangsho jiva loke jiva bhutav sanatanaha manat shastranindriyani prakritistani karshati. The living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts. Due to conditioned life, they are struggling very hard with the six senses, which include the mind. By endeavoring to dominate material nature, the living entity simply struggles hard for existence. Indeed, he struggles so hard to enjoy himself 
that he cannot even enjoy the material resources. Thus he is sometimes called Prakriti or Jiva, for he is situated in the marginal potency. When the living entity is covered with the three modes of material nature, he is called Jiva Sangita. There are two kinds of living entities. One is called Chara and the other is Akchara. Chara refers to those who have fallen down and become conditioned and Akchara refers to those who are not conditioned. The vast majority of living entities live in the spiritual world and are called Akchara. They are in the position of Brahman, pure spiritual existence. They are different from those who have been conditioned by the three modes of material nature. Being both the Chara and Akchara, being above both the Chara and Akchara, Lord Krishna, Vasudeva, is described in Bhagavad Gita 15.18 as Purushottama. The impersonalists may say that Vasudeva is the impersonal Brahman, but actually the impersonal Brahman is subordinate to Krishna, as also confirmed in, in Bhagavad Gita 14.27, Brahmano hi pratishtaham. That Krishna is the source of the impersonal Brahman is also confirmed in Brahma Sangita 5.40. Yasya Prabha Prabhavato Jagananda Koti. The impersonal Brahman is nothing but the effulgence or bodily rays of Krishna. And in those bodily rays there are innumerable universes floating. Thus, in all respects, Vasudeva, Krishna, is the Supreme Lord, and Lord Shiva is very satisfied with those who are completely surrendered to him. Complete surrender is desired by Krishna, as he indicates in the last chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 1866. Sarvadharman sharanam braja. The word sakshat, meaning directly, is very significant. There are many so-called yogis, there are many so-called devotees, but actually they are only karmis, and jnanis, for they are not directly devotees of Lord Krishna. The karmis sometimes offer the results of their activities to Lord Vasudeva, and this offering is called karmarpanam. These are considered to be fruitive activities, for the karmis consider Lord Vishnu to be one of the demigods, like Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. Because they consider Lord Vishnu to be on the same level with the demigods, they contend that surrendering to the demigods is as good as surrendering, surrendering unto Vasudeva. This contention is denied herein because if it were true, Lord Shiva would have said that surrender unto him, Lord Vasudeva, Vishnu or Brahma is the same. However, Lord Shiva does not say this because he himself surrenders unto Vasudeva. And whoever else surrenders unto Vasudeva is very, very dear to him. This is expressed herein openly. The conclusion is 
that a devotee of Lord Shiva is not dear is not dear to Lord Shiva, but a devotee of Lord Krishna is very dear to Lord Shiva. Hare Krishna, Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text twenty nine. Translation. <clears throat> A person who executes his occupational duty properly for 100 births becomes qualified to occupy the post of Brahma. And if he becomes more qualified, he can approach Lord Shiva. A person who is directly surrendered to Lord Krishna or Vishnu in unalloyed devotional service is immediately promoted to the spiritual planets. Lord Shiva and other demigods attain these planets after the destruction of this material world. Purport This verse gives the idea of the highest perfection of the evolutionary process as described by the Vaishnava poet Jayadev Goswami Pralaya Payodi Jale Dritavan Asivedam let, be, let us begin tracing the evolutionary process from the point of devastation Pralaya when the whole universe is filled with water at that time there are many fishes and other aquatics and from these aquatics evolved creepers, trees, etc. From these insects and reptiles evolve, and from them birds, beasts, and then human beings, and finally civilized human beings. Now the civilized human being is at a junction where he can make further evolutionary progress in spiritual life. Here, is, here it is stated, Swadharma Nishta, that when a living entity comes to a civilized form of life, there must be swadharma, social divisions, according to one's work and qualifications. This is indicated in Bhagavad Gita 4.13. Chaturvarnyamaya shristam gunakarma vibhagasaha. According to the three modes of material nature and the work ascribed to them, the four divisions of human society were created by me. In civilized human society, there must be the divisions of Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra. And everyone must properly execute his occupational duty in accordance with his division. Here it is described, Sudharma Nishta, that it does not matter whether one is a Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, or Shudra. If one sticks to his position, and properly executes his particular duty, he is considered a civilized human being. Otherwise, he is no better than an animal. It is also mentioned herein that whoever executes his occupational duty, Sudharma, for 100 births, for instance, if a Brahmana continues to act as a Brahmana, becomes eligible for promotion to Brahmaloka the planet where Lord Brahma lives. There is also a planet called Shivaloka or Sada Shivaloka which is situated in a marginal position between the spiritual 
and material worlds. If, after being situated in Brahmaloka, one becomes more qualified, he is promoted to Sadashiva Loka. Similarly, when one becomes even more qualified, he can attain the Vaikuntha Lokas. The Vaikuntha Lokas are targets for everyone, even the demigods, and they can be attained by a devotee who has no desire for material benefit. As indicated in Bhagavad Gita 8.16, one does not escape material miseries even if he is elevated to Brahmaloka. Abrahma-bhuna-loka punar arvatanorjuna. Similarly, one is not very safe even if he is promoted to Shivaloka because the planet of Shivaloka is marginal. However, if one attains Vaikuntha Loka, he attains the highest perfection of life and, and the end of the evolutionary process. Mamupetya Tukonteya Punarjanma Navidyate. In other words, it is confirmed herein that a person in human society who has developed consciousness must take to Krishna consciousness in order to be promoted to Vaikuntha Loka or Krishna Loka, immediately after leaving the body. Tyaktva Deham Punarjanma Naitimam Etisorjana Bhagavad Gita 4.9 A devotee who is fully in Krishna consciousness, who is not attracted by any other loka or planet, including Brahma Loka and Shiva Loka, is immediately transferred to Krishna Loka, Mam A.T., that is the highest perfection of life and the perfection of the evolutionary process. Text 30 You are all devotees of the Lord and as such I appreciate that you are as respectable as the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. I know in this way that the devotees also respect me and that I am dear to them. Thus, no one can be as dear to the devotees as I am. Purport It is said, Vaishnavanam Yata Shambhu Lord Shiva is the best of all devotees. Therefore, all devotees of Lord Krishna are also devotees of Lord Shiva. In Vrindavan there is Lord Shiva's temple called Gopishwar. The gopis used to worship not only Lord Shiva, but Katyayani or Durga, Durga as well. But their aim was to attain the favor of Lord Krishna. A devotee of Lord Krishna does not disrespect Lord Shiva, but worships Lord Shiva as the most exalted devotee of Lord Krishna. Consequently, whenever a devotee worships Lord Shiva, he prays to Lord Shiva to achieve the favor of Krishna and he does not request material profit. In Bhagavad Gita 7.20 it is said that generally people worship demigods for some material profit. Kamais taistaya ritigyana Driven by material lust they worship demigods but a devotee never does so for he is never driven by material lust. 
That is the difference between a devotee's respect for Lord Shiva and an asura's respect for him. The asura worships Lord Shiva, <coughs> takes some benediction from him, misuses the benediction, and ultimately is killed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who awards him liberation. Because Lord Shiva <coughs> is a great devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he loves all the devotees of the Supreme Lord. Lord Shiva told the Prachetas that because they were devotees of the Lord, he loved them very much. Lord Shiva was not kind and merciful only to the Prachetas. Anyone who is a devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very dear to Lord Shiva. Not only are the devotees dear to Lord Shiva, but he respects them as much as he respects the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Similarly, devotees of the Supreme Lord also worship Lord Shiva as the most dear devotee of Lord Krishna. They do not worship him as a separate person, personality of Godhead. It is stated in the list of Nama Aparad that it is an offense <clears throat> to think that the chanting of the name of Hari and the chanting of Hara or Shiva are the same. The devotees must always know that Lord Vishnu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that Lord Shiva is his devotee. A devotee should be offered respect on the level of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and sometimes even more respect. Indeed, Lord Rama, the Personality of Godhead himself, sometimes worshipped Lord Shiva. If a devotee is worshipped by the Lord, why should a devotee not be worshipped by other devotees on the same level with the Lord. This is the conclusion. From this verse it appears that Lord Shiva blesses the Asuras simply for the sake of formality. Actually, he loves one who is devoted to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Not so easy to understand Lord Shiva and Prabhupada explains it so perfectly. What purports? What, what, what can we know without these purports? Text 31. Now I shall chant one mantra which is not only transcendental, pure, and auspicious, but is the best prayer for anyone who is aspiring to attain the ultimate goal of life. When I chant this mantra, please hear it carefully and attentively. Purport. The word vivictam is very significant. No one should think of the prayers recited by Lord Shiva as being sectarian. Rather, they are confidential. So much so that anyone desiring the ultimate prosperity or auspicious goal of life must take the instruction of Lord Shiva and pray to and glorify the Supreme Personality of Godhead as Lord Shiva himself did. Text 32 
The great sage Maitreya continued, Out of his causeless mercy, the exalted personality, Lord Shiva, a great devotee of Lord Narayana, continued to speak to the king's sons who were standing with folded hands. Purport Lord Shiva voluntarily came to bless the sons of the king as well as do something beneficial for them. He personally chanted the mantra so that the mantra would be more powerful. <clears throat> and he advised that the mantra be chanted by the king's sons, Rajaputras. When a mantra is chanted by a great devotee, the mantra becomes more powerful. Although the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is powerful in itself, a disciple upon initiation receives the mantra from his spiritual master. For when the mantra is chanted by the spiritual master, it becomes more powerful. Lord Shiva advised the sons of the king to hear him attentively, for inattentive hearing is offensive. And this is a good stopping place. 7.43 already. It's 43 minutes. Hare Krishna. Goes by fast. So we'll start tomorrow. It takes 33 and we'll begin the prayers by Lord Shiva. In the meantime, we'll patiently wait for the reflections. My favorite part of the program from the Assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Don't tell me. Thank you, I couldn't have guessed. Actually, I could have. Jai Jari Hari Prabhu Ki Jai. Hare Krishna Raj. Is this on? Yes. Yeah, thanks very much for the reading tonight. Um, one point that stood out quite a lot uh, in a lot of the verses and purports was just this point that um, um, it was the fact that the Prachetas were devotees of Krishna. They were devotees of the Lord that uh, made them dear to Lord Shiva. It was no, nothing else that made them dear to Lord Shiva, only the fact that they were devotees of Lord Shiva. Or Lord, or Lord of, 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 of Krishna, of Krishna, of Krishna. Yes, yes. Um, so it just impresses the point that, like, um, that's the most valuable thing we can possess is devotion to Krishna uh, because mm. the Pratyatis were incredibly qualified in so many other ways and they performed all these austerities and did so many other things um, but this was, the, this, was the, this was the thing that Lord Shiva was impressed by more than anything else Yes, and as actually Krishna himself says that uh, his devotees are more dear to him than he is you can read about that in the ninth canto fourth chapter Takes 68 through 60 something 68 thank you as usual Hare Krishna Karanga Gopal Hare Krishna Krishna Maharaj um, another <coughs> great reading and better life. Um, I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had just a couple of short short reflections, and um, 
in the beginning of the reading we heard that about the beauty of the scene and the lakes and the birds coming around and the, the beauty of the environment attracted superior birds mm. and uh, it made me think that um you know what, what they call law of attraction isn't it that um for example if we create a scene uh, around the temple where krishna consciousness is very uh nicely performed then it will attract you know superior um uh, people ready to take to krishna consciousness as absolutely well. so, so it was uh Prabhupada used the example of uh, amnesia. You know, there's a condition, a psychological condition that occurs when a person has a very extreme um, traumatic experience or in some cases an actual physical blow from an accident. And they can forget. It pushes their own identity into the subconscious and they, and they forget who they are. And there are actually documented cases of people like that who went out to buy something in the store and got in an accident, forgot who they are and wandered off and even started new lives in another place. Their families, you know, what happened to this guy? You know, but if, if, if a doctor, you know, finds out about this and, know, and finds out who, where he belongs, he will put him back in that environment. And that environment, although he feels uncomfortable at first, you know, he actually gradually, because his memory is just pushed back in his subconscious, it comes back out. So when we decorate where we live, wherever we live, if we decorate it such that wherever you look, you see the beauty of Krishna consciousness, the beauty of Krishna's form and his pure devotees, then automatically the Krishna consciousness comes out. And anybody who comes into that environment also tastes that nectar. So yes, it's a very nice reflection that we should make our environment in our temples, in our living quarters. You know, it's not that just the deity room is supposed to be made pukka clean and pukka beautiful and nice. The whole, every room in the temple is Krishna, is Krishna's world. And everything connected with Krishna is Krishna himself because he's absolute. And yes, that attracts pure devotees. That's how to make devotees. It's to make the environment so clean and so fragrant and so beautiful that when someone comes in, he'll say, Hey, I don't want to leave this place. Hare Krishna. Um, and just another one, uh, something else that stood out was um, when uh, we heard that um, if we, uh, if a if a person um, perform his prescribed duties perfectly for a hundred lifetimes, then he can qualify to uh, the post of Lord Brahma. But um, we also know that um, Prabhupada told us that if we only give this one lifetime to Krishna, we can um, reach uh, the supreme goal to live with Krishna forever for eternity. Mm. So I thought that. Um, you know, we're quite fortunate, and Prabhupada is very uh, <laughs> merciful to give us this opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Hare Krishna.
Gopal Roy. Thank Hare you, Maharaj. Krishna. Um, one of the first things that stood out for me was the uh, Prabhupada saying how the impersonalists would they worship Lord Shiva, but Lord Shiva himself, his abode, has so much variety. And uh, I was remembering recently, I was at the airport and I could see these. There's these, this group of Buddhists all in their robes. And although they they make a you know they make a big endeavor to annihilate desire, but they are at this subway sandwich shop, and they were very peculiar choosing which uh, <laughs> which sandwich they want and what what they wanted in it. And I was thinking, yeah, the you know, it's natural for the soul to have desires and to try and squash variety that. variety is the spice of life. Mm. Sometimes when we're giving programs, I'll, I'll hear the question that shouldn't we all try to be gopis because that's the highest devotee so we should all try to get the highest things we should get. and then I tell him can you imagine now that the spiritual world is just gopi I mean Krishna and a whole bunch of gopis and nothing else no birds no trees no Yamuna no Govardhan hill no cows and calves and cowherd boys And do you think Krishna would be pleased with that do you think Krishna could be pleased with that? And usually when I make, put it that way, which is using the absurd to make a point, they just laugh and nod their head. Yeah, that's right. So Krishna is the supreme, unlimited, uh, variegated person. And wherever he goes, there's the ultimate variegated relationships and personalities and environment and everything to its ultimate beauty therefore we should, we should want to go there not just because of that but because Krishna is there all the time manifested to us and the devotees that are there are also on the same level so we, we heard how rare a pure devotee is in what we read so you can imagine being in a place where every single person was absolutely a pure devotee. How nice that would be. Yeah. Therefore, the devotees do want to go back to Godhead just to be able to associate with Krishna and his pure devotees. Hare Krishna. One little question was just, um, I was wondering, so that you, know, you see many, especially in India and, you know, to have you do get many people who do worship demigods like Lord Shiva, Ganesh, and their understanding isn't quite correct. Do they get any benefit from this? Well, worship? it depends. It, it's not. It's not a, a mechanical, mechanistic formula. It depends on their consciousness. Like we heard, if one worships Lord Shiva as the best devotee of Krishna then he gets the benefit of Krishna consciousness. If he works with Lord Shiva as being independent of Krishna, then it's offensive. So it depends on the personalities. We heard so many verses in the purports tonight from the Gita, and this one's very important because one is Ritikyana. His, his intelligence is stifled. It's... it's uh, not full, not not clear, 
those who worship demigods for material benefits. Because most people worship the demigods for material benefits. And that disallows them from being a pure devotee. and disallows them from being able to associate directly with Krishna. Hare Krishna. So it depends on their mentality. The gopis were worshiping Katyanyani. We heard about that also. But they, what did they worship? Please, please let us be Krishna's wives. May let Krishna be our husband. That's all they were thinking of. They weren't thinking of, you know, pleasing the demigods. Hare Krishna. Peter has something to say. Yes, Bhakti Peter. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for tonight's reading. Um, I had a question. The pleasure is all mine. I had a question to do with... I had a question to do with surrender. Um, mm. And that was, are we fit to gauge our own level of surrender? in Krishna consciousness and if so how can we gauge that well first of all surrender is a process it isn't just a sentiment it isn't like an it can be but in general it's not just an instantaneous flash of you know pure consciousness and then that's it we're there but surrender is actually a process and it begins by accepting whatever is favorable to Krishna consciousness that we have to learn through the books, through the association of the devotees. And then we have to reject whatever is unfavorable to Krishna consciousness. So that's the beginning of surrender. And when you've accomplished that, then you feel during the day Krishna's presence. You feel as though Krishna is with you during the day. You can remember him all the time. And then from there you become... Uh, the, you get a feeling of being protected and your fear goes away. And from there, you, you desire that your will becomes the same as Krishna's will. That's actual oneness. Not to merge, but to be in agreement with Krishna on everything. And then from there, then you become meek and humble. And that's the goal. So humility is the beginning of uh, knowledge. Knowledge begins with humility and it ends with humility. But that humility is utter humility, complete humility. So how you can tell? Well, you can tell whether or not you're, you should be able to tell whether or not you're accepting and rejecting things that are you know, favorable or not to Krishna. And then how detached you are from the material energy. That's how you can judge whether you're surrender, you're, be, you're you're surrendering properly. And and ultimately, it's how attached you are to Krishna. To the degree that you are attached to Krishna, you automatically become detached from the material energy. And ultimately, you come to the point of seeing Krishna everywhere. Because at, at the ultimate issue, uh, everything is spiritual. 
because it's Hemadini from Krishna's body. But he he uh, regulates or manipulates his energies so that some of his energy, the material energy, the external energy, is it acts like it's inert. But it's actually still not different from Krishna because it's his energy. Does that answer anything? Thank you, Hare Krishna. This is from Paramananda. Hey, Paramananda. Hari Bowl. Hare Krishna Maharaj. All glories to the Welsh Sankirtan party. Yes, I agree, 100%. This is from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna. My humble obeisances to all the assembled sages. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Divine grace, Srimad Prabhupada ki jai. (coughs) Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. And to you, Sudevi Dasi, I have only one word. Hare Krishna. Well, it's two words, sorry. Back to you. And this is from Bhakti Rupa. Bhakti Rupa. Comrade. Thank you for reading, Maharaj. I can't lie. I'm jealous of all the boys forgetting to bask in your sunlight. Oh. Still, somehow the rays have reached me through the ones and zeros of cyberspace. Ah. Really That's pretty clever, the artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really loves hearing about the lake of jewel-like lotuses. Mm, artist speaking again. Just think it's really nice how Shukadev Goswami paints so many beautiful scenes throughout mm. the Bhagavatam. Just hearing these words paints a mental image that seems to clean the mind. Hare Krishna. In the uh, foreword to the Briya Bhagavatamrita, uh, Dr. Joseph O'Connell, who at the time, he passed away since then, but at the time he was the authority, the highest authority in the Gaudiya Vaishnava uh, studies. And he wrote this. He much appreciated the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. And he said, these are not book words. These are picture words. He felt that he could very easily visualize what was going on by listening to the words. That is more than scholarship. That is poetry. And Prabhupada's purports are very poetic. And he paints the picture and allows you to see into the spiritual world by his purports. That's why we love them so much. Hare Krishna. And this is from Ananda Murti. Yes, Ananda Murti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. She's in Osaka, Japan. Thank you so much for today's readings of Sri the Prabhupada's books. I'm feeling grateful to your readings because I can't read these transcendental scriptures by myself. When I read with you and hear it from you, I can understand it. 
Srila Prabhupada also quoted many verses from Bhagavad Gita. This was also helpful for my study. Today I heard about the devotees of, the, of Lord Krishna and Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is very happy for the Vaishnavas, and Shiva knows already that the Prachetas are great devotees of the Lord, and they are going to worship the Lord. Yesterday one higher taste and one small book distributor. Home Tat Sat. She has full-time job. She's, you know, raising her daughter, and and she goes out for her lunch breaks and distributes books, and after work sometimes. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Ananda Murti, and keep up the good work. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jaguru Maharaj, happy to hear from you again and again. Hare Krishna. And she also says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your mercy to read to us night after night. Tonight one of the gems for me was this definition in the purport of 424.29. Quote, If one sticks to his position and properly executes his duty, he is considered to be a civilized human being. Yes. And one point about that, about how you can get the position of Brahma by performing your duty properly for 100 births, proper, what he means by proper is without making one mistake. If you can do your duty for 100 lifetimes without making one mistake, then you can be eligible to become a Brahma in one of the universes. <laughs> Try that on for size. <laughs> Therefore, it's so rare that sometimes there isn't a qualified person to take that position, so Krishna agrees to take the position in that particular universe at that particular time. Creation. Haribo. This is also from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. I love this section about Lord Shiva. I also have a question. It was mentioned that in Vrindavan is the temple of Gopishvara Mahadev, Lord Shiva as protector of the Dham. I was wondering whether this is a proper form, perhaps even the best form for us to worship Lord Shiva in. And with worship, I meant to place a picture of him in my home. Thank you for your guidance. <laughs> well, I, if I remember the photo you sent me of your home, it's packed, you know, <laughs> every single square inch of it is packed with some uh, form, some deity, some whatever. I think it's fine. Uh, Gobishwara is, uh, there are four pr protectors of the Dham. Um, Nandeshwara, uh, Gobishwara, Chakadeshwara, I'm sorry, I can't remember the fourth one. I've been there, seen him, but I can't remember. Um, well, because Gopishwar, some, Lord Shiva sometimes has a desire to be with Krishna in the same mood as, as the gopis, and therefore he has that uh, form and devotees worship him as a devotee of, of the gopis. 
They don't worship him as a gopi, but they worship him as a devotee of the gopis. And as we heard, since uh, the devotees of Krishna are more dear to Krishna than he is, and also to Lord Shiva, uh, so he takes that form sometimes. So yes, it would be okay. It's fine. Hare Krishna. This is from Subarao. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Mm. It is again emphasized in the purport that the Maha Mantra, which is great in itself, when chanted and given by a spiritual master, becomes greater. Srimad Bhagavatam 4.24.32 Quote, when a mantra is chanted by a great devotee, the mantra becomes more powerful. Although the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is powerful in itself, a disciple upon initiation receives the mantra from his spiritual master. For when the mantra is chanted by the spiritual master, it becomes more powerful. Lord Shiva advised the sons of the king to hear him attentively, for inattentive hearing is offensive. Unquote. I remember the Srimad Bhagavatam 113 verse, which glorifies Srimad Bhagavatam because it was spoken by Shukadev Goswami. Quote, o expert and thoughtful men, relish Srimad Bhagavatam, the mature fruit of the desire tree of Vedic literatures. It emanated from the lips of Sri Shukadev Goswami. Therefore, this fruit has become even more tasteful, although its nectarian juice was already relishable for all including liberated souls. Daily readings, Kibra. Jai Ho. Yes, that... The, the, the sound of the holy name vi vibrated by Lord Chaitanya himself into the universe uh, and then passed down from word, from mouth to ear, mouth to ear, mouth to ear, becomes uh, even more potent you know the reason it's more potent is because it's coming through the through the parampara system. It's like a current, like a wire carrying a current to the powerhouse. And uh, if 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 it if the plug is plugged into the plug point, but the wire to the plug point doesn't go back to the to the to the original powerhouse where the where the energy is coming from, then it doesn't it doesn't give light, it doesn't run run the device, whatever it is, and electricity comes. So the holy name is all powerful and never Nama Chintamini Krishnas Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha Purna Shudo Nityamukta Minatvam Namanamino so this means that the holy name is non-different than Krishna, is always pure and ever liberated, um, and it's chintamani, non-different than Krishna, completely spiritual. But we can't perceive it. We can't perceive the full uh, power of the holy name. That is described by Lord Chaitanya in the Shikshastaka, Anam Namakari Bahuda, Nijasar Bishaktis, Chacharapita, Niyamatak Svanare, Nakalaha. 
etadrishi tabakripa bhagavan mamapi durdaivam idushamiha janirana ragaha. So there he says, the holy name of the Lord is all powerful, just like you, and you've given millions of names. So how kind are you? And not only that, but there's no hard and fast rules for chanting the holy name. So how kind are you? And yet, even despite all that kindness, I don't have any attachment to the holy name. And then the next verse explains how we get that attachment. Trinadapi sunichina, turodapi sahishnana, amanina manadena kirtani yaksadahari. If you can give respect to every living being and not expect anything back in, in terms of respect, if you can be as tolerant as a tree and more humble than the blade of grass, then you can chant the holy name constantly. And to the extent that you do that, you can perceive the glories of the holy name. When one, when one becomes fully attached to the holy name, then the sound, the quality of the sound of his voice changes. Because super soul is sitting in the heart and when he vibrates sounds, the, the, the vibration loosens the particles of mercy that are there in the lotus feet of the Lord. And those particles of mercy come through the sound coming out of the pure devotee's mouth and therefore has a different effect on the consciousness. Therefore, we have to hear the holy name from the spiritual master and initiation, and that connects us with that uh, current coming from Lord Chaitanya and Krishna, Radha and Krishna, Hare Krishna, Haribo. This is from Kaladvipati. Kaladvipati! Part of the family is growing here. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for reading tonight. It was attractive hearing about the relationship between Lord Shiva and the devotees of Krishna. Mm. Only the devotees have real respect for Lord Shiva, whereas the so-called devotees of Lord Shiva are actually just self-interested, Yes, as exemplified by Vrikasura. Yes, exactly true. <coughs> They know that Lord Shiva is very soft-hearted and easy to please, but he's also easy to get angry. Just ask Daksha. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And this is also from him. He says, Prabhupada writes at the end of purport to verse 30, From this verse it appears that Lord Shiva blesses the asuras simply for the sake of formality. Actually, he loves one who is devoted to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm. What is that verse? 5-7. Nityan Mukta. Minatmam Ramanamino. This is chapter 5, look, turned right to it. What do you think? Is that good or no? Yoga yukto vishutatma vijitatma jitendriya sarva bhutatma bhutatma kurvan api 
alipnite, one who works in devotion, who is a pure soul, and who controls his mind and senses, is dear to everyone, and everyone is dear to him. Though always working, such a man is never entangled. So it's my turn to thank all of you for these lovely reflections and the encouragement that you always give me. I always get so much energy, especially when the Sankirtan devotees come. The fire uh, that you're in when you do and when you distribute Prabhupada's books and give yourselves selflessly in devotional service to spread the Christian consciousness movement um, makes you very dear to Lord Chaitanya and you carry that you know, so we thank you very much for coming. We thank everyone out there in cyberspace, who, who the regulars especially. And uh, yes, Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samavira Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi, Hari Hari See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. We're going to hear the song sung by Lord Shiva. If you want to know what a person thinks, you ask him. So many people think Lord Shiva is this and Lord Shiva is that, and the big fight between the Vaishnavites and the Shaivites. But if you want to know who Shiva is and what he thinks, listen to this prayer. See you tomorrow night. Hare Krishna. <laughs>